Hi everyone, this is Sahat. Sahat from Turkey and Sahat from San Marino. I am at Building Bridges podcast. It's not two persons, it's me. One Sahat is existing right now at Eurovision Song Contest. Building Bridges. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm still young. And I'm sick. And this is the Eurovision <laughs> podcast for the rest of us. Yes, I sound much worse than I actually am, but we'll we'll get through this. There's a hell of an episode coming uh, in the following minutes, and we are so excited about it. Um, yet again, we're having another Eurovision legend. So this is the Building Bridges podcast. So we are a podcast for the rest of us. So if you are not necessarily British or Australian or American and have access to lots of other podcasts that tailor to your individual country. We kind of build bridges between countries, between continents, between cultures, all in the name of Eurovision. And it's been quiet, but things have started to change. We're slowly chugging towards the 2024 season. We know we have a song out already. France released Mon Amour by Slimane. And uh, at the time of recording, it's just hit over a million views on YouTube. Uh, wow. I don't know, have uh, Jan and Sebi, have you guys listened to it again some more? Are you are you happy with the reviews you gave it over on our website, buildingbridgespod.com? I mean, there's not much else to listen to. So obviously, my 2024 playlist <laughs> keeps repeating itself. Um, yeah, I stand by my review. I have to say it's pretty, it's very solid. I also think it stands more of a chance than last year's entry. Of course, you know, many people thought Lazara would do really well but she's passed let's not get into that again and i mean thinks is reasons. a lot more professional and i definitely think that he can reach a pretty good result for france but i also don't see him as a winner or something like that i mean at this point as we speak right now it doesn't matter if we enjoy or do not enjoy the song it's still too early to, you know, you can hardly say, oh, this is a winning song and we still haven't heard from, you know, 40 plus other other songs. <laughs> but um, I still remain uh, a fan of this song. That's that's without any doubt. And it's so well produced. Uh, track is like really, really, really. Uh, somehow I have a feeling it, it they really wanted to follow this non-existent Eurovision recipe. So getting some drama, getting some ballad, you know, he can sing really well. And and it touches people's hearts anyway. So it's it's a it's a good thing. I enjoy it. I don't remember when it was the last time I was playing an Eurovision song which was released in the previous calendar year and just like you know being hyped about the whole thing. And I do enjoy Monamo and I really hope he will do well and um, deliver the song live with the same passion and enthusiasm as he's doing it in the preview video. So Jan, it, proof of how, how quickly we all forget uh, our colleagues I guess over at the Eurotrip podcast asked this week is this the earliest a song has ever been released? So I started and it didn't take me very long. I started with France and 
Can you believe that only in 2021, that's how far back we go, Voila was released on November 6th and One More was on November yeah. 8th. So, and that's just one yeah, country. It, so I'm sure there are lots of others across other countries that were well before November 8th. But we move on before we get to our, our surprise guest. And by surprise guest, I really mean that. We got what, Jan, about an hour's notice that we had a yes. guest coming. <laughs> we all had to scramble no. into interview mode. You know, this is probably our next guest is probably the best experience explanation or let's say i would say the biggest meaning of building bridges as in podcast because we as dave said before we are always trying to build a bridge to between the countries between the cultures between anything which is wherever it could be built anyway and this is a great example so we are so 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 happy to welcome serhat who built his bridge from turkey to san marino and also all over the world uh, still beloved by the fans we're so happy to have him here so um, here is serhat Dame, Jan, and Sebi. Hi, guys. Hi, Serhat. Hi. So, first of all, Serhat, thank you so much for being here on Building Bridges podcast. We like to 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 call you already established Eurovision legend. So, this is why we are so happy to have you here. And uh, first of all, how are you? The days are always very busy, and I don't complain about it because I like to work always. Even if I go to holidays uh, up to, to three days at seaside, I'm trying to find something else to do so anyway so that's why working is fine i'm right now in istanbul and in my office i had two concerts last week in bodrum and in east in istanbul as well so it was a bit tiring but i'm very glad to meet people in different parts of the country because I was, because of pandemic, of course, they, it took from our lives almost two years, maybe more than two years. So now we are back in business in a way. Uh, so that's why I'm happy to do things which I like. <laughs> you know, that's always a good thing to hear anyway. But let's start at the beginning, Serhat. You had a long musical career. If we go back to the late 90s, you released songs in several languages, Turkish, English, Russian, German, Spanish. Spanish, you name it, you have them. Artists nowadays don't typically release in so many languages. So why is it this something you've done over the years? Is it you exciting know, for you to yeah. meet with the other languages? I noticed I have officially recorded in eight different languages. This is, wow. uh, yeah, it's not singing on stage. This is official recordings, but it's kind of challenge, yeah. maybe. I'm coming from German high school in Istanbul. So uh, German was my first foreign language. Language. Then I've learned English with a German accent. <laughs> <laughs> and French and Italian are also very beautiful languages. So if I find an opportunity to sing in another language, I'll do it. I collaborated once. Actually, we are still in connection with Tamara Gwertzeli. She is a Georgian-Russian star. So I sang with her on stage, even in Russian. Mm -hmm which was very difficult, I can tell you. And yeah, especially with my Eurovision songs, I always wanted to appeal in with the same song, but in different languages to different target groups, different nations. Yeah. So that's why I'm in 2016, from I didn't know, I made French version, Como Sawa, and Non Ero Io, the Italian version. Yeah. And then about 
I didn't know. This time I made other languages after Eurovision and in Spanish, die na na na, and uh, in German, very surprising, sing na na na. So that's my, uh, and I always enjoyed to sing in different languages and I will continue yeah. doing it. You know, the, the only language which is missing in the context of building bridges is having a song in Slovenian because you have a song in French, which Dave, Dave speaks fluently as well, in English as well, Let's in German for Sevi, you know, just... Let's do it with, with pleasure, especially, and you know, it as I was in Ljubljana for the first time, uh, Jan yes. is, guys, Jan is the best guy you can ever meet in your life. I mean, whenever you go to Slovenia, you have to just uh, say one name, Jan, and uh, all is done. Thank you so much. It's really, uh, I enjoyed my stay in Ljubljana. Very beautiful city, lot of people, uh, small country, but so, so energetic is everything. So that's why Slovenian language uh, could be also um, in my list for the next song. Why not? Why not? After so I had, I'm, I'm based in Canada, and I don't know about other countries, but when you Google Serhat here, the first thing that comes up is Eurovision dentist. <laughs> so, yes, I'm there of the teeth of the participants, actually. <laughs> yeah, because when, like obviously Eurovision fans would think about your work. I mean, you've, you've done so much television and hosting, and we just said, you know, you've been singing in all these languages for all these years. Do you find it funny or interesting? I don't know if you heard what Graham Norton said about you on the BBC broadcast in Tel Aviv. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if that's where it came from, but uh, what do you think of this uh, Eurovision dentist uh, nickname? Listen, I mean, Eurovision itself is a beautiful word, kind of bubble, we can say, and I have uh, very different adjectives in front of my name, different definitions. So it's a lovely thing because the fans, uh, they are calling you uh, the way they want to see you. And uh, sometimes it has nothing to do with the reality, but it's kind of imagination. So yes, I am a dentist. I said it dentistry, but it doesn't mean that I'm making feelings to the <laughs> Eurovision singer. But uh, there's also... I think they called me oh, in 2016 like Disco King, but the song was in the beginning a ballad, so yeah. we changed it into the disco song, and then suddenly I became uh, a disco singer. I mean, can you imagine? This? And uh, there are a lot of other other adjectives that I get from the fans. I all love them. That's that's, that's fine for me, actually. And uh, But you are from Canada, you told me. Is that right, Dave? Yeah. You are in I see the flag. Uh, but also, I have a connection to Canada. Uh, you know the, the show Jeopardy, the quiz show, the American quiz show? Of course. And uh, I am the producer and presenter of Jeopardy in Turkey. <laughs> and at that time, uh, unfortunately, a very, very important personality and name, Alex Tribak, is from Canada. He was presenting the show in the US and we met several times in different countries even in, in Los Angeles so this is this was a connection for me also to Canada but uh, anyway he has to rest in peace uh, with a very important TV celebrity uh, of our times yeah very well loved but as being called Building Bridges podcast you mentioned so many times how you're related or, or how you have connections to almost every country in the world so this is also you know the main reason why you are here with 
because today, if we if we go to these uh, current events, you're maintaining the Eurovision spirit even during the off season. How much joy do you experience when you're performing for your Eurovision family? First of all, just one sentence about building bridges. Even as a child, I thought I have to build bridges between nations, between other uh, other countries. So that's why, as I started with German high school and started to learn new languages, it was for me uh, like uh, I don't know. I, I was not thinking a professional in these days, but I always thought of it. I gave importance to get new friends from other countries, even with 12 years. And that's why right now I really have a huge uh, circle of friends all around the world. I'm very proud of that. Back to Amsterdam. In 2019, Say Nanana became uh, really very popular, especially in Netherlands. And uh, I noticed uh, in the pre-concerts or the promo concerts in Holland, the audience is really unique. I mean, this is, uh, I have been in on different stages in Europe or in other countries uh, apart from Europe. But Netherlands have kind of energy and uh, this is so so nice for an artist on stage and as they invited me to perform in 2019 at the same event yes. I think it was the first edition they made it and I enjoyed it so much I enjoyed it so much it was as they announced my name it was like an earthquake <laughs> in the <laughs> oh my god more than 20,000 people they sang with me the whole song we had so much fun together and even the video from that time 2019 is one of my really favorite videos uh, in my music career I see how much I am enjoying it on stage how happy I am and I see all these people how happy they are to have me there and so that's why I was invited in 2021 again but it's postponed oh, no it's cancelled uh, at that year I'm very excited to be there and uh, but I'm so sure that I will have great time on stage even yes. out of stage with all other colleagues as everyone yes. so it's going to be a huge 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 party for for everyone yeah. being there yeah well you just said how much joy say nana now brought to you is it safe to say that this eurovision experience in 2019 was even more fun than the one in 2016 or can you compare the two experiences at all of course if you have more experience at eurovision you know exactly from the first day on what to do what not to do in 2016 is also very good year it was stockholm and with i didn't know but preparation for this stage was more complicated. We had to change this, that even at our first rehearsal, everything was programmed by holograms. All the, I had actually uh, in holograms, uh, 16 dancers, uh, this, uh, we, re, uh, we made all the recordings in London and in the first rehearsal, we just uh, realized it's not working technically. Yeah. And this was a big shock of 
course, this was not a good news when you are on stage and you have only 20 minutes to rehearse and they say, sorry, it doesn't work. You have to find something else. But that's why the, all these changes from ballad to disco and then the uh, disco version with this hologram, it's not working. It was tiring. You can be in panic, uh, really, because you have very limited time to do something new. But we did it and it's a very good experience for me and to say hello to the all Eurovision media and Eurovision fans. Of course, but we say, no, 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 I didn't have these problems. Yes. Apart uh, from this technical problem in the first semi-final, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I didn't get in my in-ears, no music. <laughs> Perfect. I start the song and it was, <laughs> you can't imagine, I, I, I was, this can happen. But uh, this kind of problems uh, appear during a long concert, you have time to make it better. But if it's only for three minutes yeah. on stage and the first four seconds you don't, or 10 seconds, you don't have the music in your ears and you have to sing. This is a, a huge <laughs> panic. Uh, but, uh, and of course, I'm proud of that. That's the, still say Nanana is the best result for San Marino in 15 years. Yeah, okay, we all know San Marino is the tiny, small, sweet country and it is not that easy to get votes from all Europe because there are different collections. We know the systems and I don't complain about it at all because everybody who is going to Eurovision Song Contest is aware of all the system in all those years. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not something new. But it is to be in the final with San, San Marino is like winning for them. Yes. Can you imagine? Because it, uh, this step is really very important for them. Maybe if I said once if San, uh, if say Nanana would represent a, an established country in this contest, the results would be much different. Definitely but we know it that's why it is also not a subject to complain about it I enjoyed so much time in uh, Tel Aviv it it was one of the best Eurovision song contests I think yeah. so and uh, the atmosphere the also the I think even the relations between the artists were more warmer than in Stockholm. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes people are more resourced. Sometimes they are more open. And uh, in Tel Aviv, maybe it's more warm Mediterranean <laughs> atmosphere. So we the right way. So Say Na 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 wasn't the end. You've still released music since. For example, I'm still listening to Mykonos when I go to the gym. It's on my playlist. <laughs> oh my God. So, it's such a gem. I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. So could there be a Eurovision comeback in the cards one day? Are you just waiting for the right song to come around? Or is that something that you, you think is part of your past now? Are there gossips about this? Question Ooh. to question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, in 2019, I said, because it's a very tiring period of time, with Eurovision, almost six months, you have to forget almost everything. Cancel your concerts, cancel this, that, whatever. And I said, okay, maybe I will come back to Eurovision as a composer, songwriter, this is possible, but as a singer, it's twice, it's enough. I didn't want to give also the image, 
I must be every year there because I'm I, okay. I love your vision, but this addiction is sometimes exaggerated <laughs> for me. <at> least. <laughs> I don't know, uh, because in during pandemic, after, let's say, uh, rested so, so long time uh, without doing anything special in your music career, then you are getting your energy back and you said, mm, okay, why not? It could be. So that's why maybe there are some surprises, who knows? Maybe it can some surprises, it can be, maybe not. I don't want to uh, say anything exactly, I will do that or I won't do that. Time will show us, but I'm, yes, I'm close to Eurovision, still in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> And we will patiently wait for that. Uh, Serhat, maybe... Uh, just one more thing, like through your involvement with Eurovision, you sort of became cultural ambassador representing both San Marino and Turkey on the international stage. What do these countries have in common or how do you see them being connected as you are actually connected with these two countries so well? Yeah, actually art or let's say music can really connect everything, everybody, each country together. This is important. But uh, we don't need to forget for many people around the world, if you ask where is San Marino or what is San Marino, the answer would be what? What are you talking about? I don't know. You are now there in Canada and in Canada are all the people aware where is San Marino? Nobody knows what Eurovision is here, let alone San Marino. <laughs> I've, I've been, it's beautiful. I can't wait to go back. But I yeah. went because of Eurovision. That's how I found it. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, in Turkey, San Marino was, had the image because of football matches as Turkish uh, national team uh, was not that good in the past even right now we are not so good but in the past it was <laughs> worse and San Marino and Turkey uh, national football match was a uh, kind of a subject of the media and just uh, okay San Marino is not a strong uh, team as well but Turkey could win against San Marino can you imagine that was the image of San Marino <laughs> Arena. I mean, it's a very small and uh, but I think I'm made especially San Marino really very popular with the different uh, subjects in Turkey this is for me also uh, I, I, I'm very proud of that because the people they they didn't know anything about San Marino and now in Turkey of course not the entire country but it is San Marino is a subject it's connected with me and this is also uh, for me a very important development in the Turkish culture, uh, cultural life. They they know they are visiting San Marino and uh, I have maybe a small part uh, on this uh, process in, in the connection between two countries. And for San Marino, it's 30,000 people with me 30,001 <laughs> when I'm there. <laughs> it's it's really it's a small country it's smaller where I live here in Istanbul yeah. that's why it's for me a huge different experience to be with the beautiful people to get their trust in me the oldest democracy in the world is giving the flag uh, to a foreigner in a way they trust yeah. him and I think this is very you have the responsibility you must be very careful with this flag and I think I did my 
bypass and uh, I really believe uh, they are also happy with yes, it. Yes, and you were literally building bridges there. <laughs> well, Sarah, yes. thank you so yeah. much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I think we can speak in the name of all of us that we're really excited for Amsterdam to see you there, especially Jan. <laughs> yeah. Are you coming? Yes. Jan is coming. I unfortunately can't make it. Jan is coming. They, I, yeah. I don't think so. You, uh, it's a little, for a you. little, little <laughs> bit too far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit far away. But but uh, representing the whole the whole thing, I will be super super uh, excited to see you perform there. To I mean, I saw the clips from the previous years when you performed, and it's been this huge huge moment of of um, amazingness when you perform. And I think everybody loved it, and I'm sure fans will enjoy this event too. In the Netherlands, the last thing is I really say na na na. It became a hit even. In a, a, a kind of soap opera or sitcom, whatever they, a sitcom, <laughs> yes, I forgot oh. it. A very popular sitcom uh, daily in uh, Dutch television, and the main characters uh, are, are, were obsessed with that song. Whenever they go somewhere, it is they're playing Say Nana, they are singing <laughs> Say Nana at the so it's so that's why I think uh, uh, Holland loves the song, and uh, I'm sure they will show uh, their love even on Thursday evening as I am on stage as well. So Definitely. I'm excited. With Thank you once again, Serhat, and uh, best of luck for your performances. And we see you in this and any other case very, very, very soon. And thanks again for joining us. And see you soon. Thank you. So Thank you. Building bridges, beautiful. See you then. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ciao. Well, thank you so much, Serhat. I think he is really the living building bridges, the living builder of bridges. Also, just a side note, if you guys uh, know the German ESC website, uh, ESC Compact, uh, it had a poll about the nicest slogan. And last time I checked, building bridges was actually in the lead. So I think we chose the right one. Not, you know, feeling hard yes, or confluence of sound or something like that. But speaking of which, uh, the slogans are pretty much in the past. United by Music is just the Eurovision slogan from now on. What do you guys think about that? I really don't understand why, honestly. Twitter Twitter was fun uh, the day that got announced. Uh, I, I followed it for about an hour and then gave up because it was just too frustrating. A lot of uh, anger, I guess. I'm, I, there could be people out there that are okay with this, but the people voicing their opinions on Twitter were not happy. <laughs> on X, I guess now. Seemingly, the British contingent of Twitter were okay with this. There's, there were a lot of comments about how, you know, oh, it's our legacy. You know, we've one thing we've left on the contest. But other than that, it seemed like a lot of hate and negativity. Did you guys see the same? Well, I have to say that um, since the slogan was announced, I haven't seen a single positive feedback on that decision. Um, not even online, not even in person. When I was talking to my, you know, Eurovision friends here in 
Slovenia. They were all, you know, somehow always slogan was always one of the things which got the fandom excited about. You know, it, it was always like a beginning of like a fresh beginning of something of an upcoming season. Right. It's it was broadcaster always, start, you know, exactly. That, that's the exactly. work they do after they win. And, and the slogan then influences the theme and will influence everything from the stage to the, the theme art to everything else that comes after it. Even though it seems like it's not so relevant, it really is because it connects the whole contest. You know, it's always somehow always related to that. And uh, taking the power away of uh, giving the broadcasters the opportunity to choose the slogan they want to make the flow of the whole Eurovision while they're hosting it, it doesn't seem fair to me. I would I would like to know why would that be, and no offense to anyone in, being involved in that, but I, I really am trying to think why anybody thought this was a good idea. For me, even though BBC did such a good job selecting the slogan, I think the power of it will be, you know, taken away. Here. BBC so, and Kester? Suspilne? Yeah. Suspilne. Yeah, uh, exactly. I don't even think it's My an apologies. issue that there wasn't uh, a slogan. Like, uh, you know, 2009 didn't have a slogan. It didn't make it a worse Eurovision. I just think, yes. you know, a permanent slogan doesn't make sense. Especially now, I can't really see it catching on, you know. Had that slogan been made in the 70s yeah. and stayed for years and years and decades, then maybe... But now, I think it's something they will get rid of next year. The thing is that, like, Eurovision is changing year by year. And as we saw that from the past, Eurovision changed so much since 1956. For instance, it's now in color, you know, uh, and, and it's... <laughs> well, that was like, the war pretty much you changing. Know, and so the thing is, like, every single contest is a new story. Is a new... Yeah, it's a new story. And always a new story needs a, a new title, a new... Some sort of beginning of something. And, and this is one of the things which they didn't really think so well, if you ask me. I, I understand. I know the big boss... Mr. Martin, of course, he said, you know, that this slogan underlines the ESC values of inclusivity, equality, and universality. It's all good on paper, but to me, and this, I mean, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but I am kind of worried. I mean, this has come out mid-November. I mean, we have a song out, and now we have another thing that 2024 won't have. And, you know, it's a bit early, I know, but still, it seems like Sweden's hosting again, and this is one less creative element. Are we headed towards a, a bland Eurovision this year like I feel Liverpool set the bar so high I feel like the Swedes really are yeah. going to have uh, a lot of work to do to top that and we've got the same team pretty much in charge of this Eurovision who have either worked on Malmö 2013 Stockholm 2016 or or and or have been part of Melody Festival for the last 20 years what ideas do they have left? What's left in the tank? What are they going to give us new? And I mean, you look at the last few Eurovisions and like even like the scoreboards are starting to look all the same and the graphics all look the same and, you know, give it, give us something new. Like what, what can we expect? What's going to be great? And it's November, it's mid-November and we're still kind of, there's, there's a lot of questions left, I think. Okay. Well, let us know what you think. Do you like the permanent slogan? What are your thoughts? You can always leave comments on our social media, on our website, and of course, on your podcast platform. And I think that was it. Thank you so much for yes. listening. And of course, as Seb said before, check out our website. We will be uh, keeping you updated with, with our episode episodes over there as well. And uh, yes, let's kick off this Eurovision season super early now. <laughs> Yeah, there's only there's only room to grow. It's only up from here. Only good news left to come. I hope. <laughs> bye bye.